Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 156 of the Dance Speak podcast with Taja Riley. Credits include, but are not limited to, Janet Jackson, Bruno Mars, Beyonce, Justin Bieber, and the list goes on. This episode is fiery. It is special. I am so excited for you to listen. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at dance speak podcast again that's dance speak podcast thank you to everyone who's been tagging us in their posts take a screenshot if you have a moment tag us in it i thank you ahead of time we also are having visuals up on youtube so we have a nice segment of this episode up on youtube if you'd like to check it out see how fabulous taja looked during this recording and see it fully Well, I mean fully, like a full clip, okay? Like the full experience, that's what I mean. Okay, there we go. So listen, subscribe, share, enjoy, let us know what you think, and I will talk to you soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can rate and review. That helps us spread the word. Hey, guys. My name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. So thank you for, for coming. It's interesting because I actually, so I will tell on myself, maybe the second name of this podcast would be like me telling on myself with the dance world. Okay, but it's fine because I think I think I'll be doing a little bit of that as well. That would be great. So. Just because I got a bit insecure. So this is your interview, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know we're gonna be dealing we're with my be, insecurities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm good at good with that. So I was thinking like, <laughs> oh shit, because we haven't really. I don't think we've met before. I think we've met briefly. Okay. To be, I think we met briefly. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with briefly. Me too. I've been here forever, like in a little hermit corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It has to be, it'll probably dawn on me later. Maybe taking class, maybe for a carnival. I don't, I just remember seeing you from the beginning of when I was here and I started, I came out here 14 years ago Uh and then I got into the dancing here like 11 years ago. Wow. And so. Long time. A long ass time. And I was like a little bit more into the freestyle scene and then. I want a book and I didn't know better. So I was like, let me try to be good at everything, yep. which was, mm. yep. um, and I remember. I it's rem- kind of like everybody's story. They're eventually like, yeah, it's giving, let's do 75 different jobs at the same time yes. so that we can pay rent. And I'm not good at everything. <laughs> I may be good at like one out of 75. <laughs> I'm a strong personality <laughs> and like a, a strong freestyle if I'm not rusty, okay. but just got him. No, wait. It. What's the one out of the seventy-five? Which which one of the the seventy-five are you? Like I give do you feel strong about a passionate freestyle or like throw me on stage? Say just make it work. Like there's no choreography. Okay. Just make it make work, it work. And I do like, something. I I actually love that. Step touch. Shake your booty. Yeah. Hype like the crowd. Just, yeah, yeah. Hype the crowd. Freestyle to whatever music is. On I'm I'm, I'm really great at hyping the crowd. That's that's me hyping the crowd. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Have you ever felt like with yep. artists, because you, I'm jumping all over the place, but because you are an artist and you hone in on who you are, have you ever gotten the note or had to navigate like, how do I do that, but then also let the sh- light shine on them or? 
can be tough. Usually, if I'm getting that note, mm -hmm. it's because I'm not on the job. That, that response is, do not put Tasha on the job. <laughs> Shit. That's, that's the note. The note is, if I'm going to outshine the artist, do not put me on the job. Damn. And that's what's happened, actually, to be honest, yeah. In regards to can jobs Can you be specific where, with it at all? Yeah, or? I can. Okay. That's, oh, I was, okay. was going to break it. I was going <laughs> to break it on down for you because really, like, there was actually one story that I heard when I was younger from a choreographer mentor of mine. And she was going on tour, I believe, with Mariah Carey. <laughs> and we love Mariah Carey. I stand for Mariah Carey. But for the auditions after, like, you know, booking her for the job in rehearsals, she was killing it so much that they were like, okay, we're going to have to move her to the back. All the numbers. <laughs> that was the first, that was step phase one. Mm -hmm. Phase one was complete. She's still killing it. And, you know, the, the choreographer just kept putting her back in the front because it was like she needs to be there because of the way that she's pulling it for the rest of the ensemble of, you know, other dance artists that were up there dancing with her. And so then what ended up happening by the time they got to tour is everybody was in heels. Check it. This choreographer that was dancing for Mariah was in flats the entire tour. Wait, they why? put Mariah put her in flats so that she was at a disadvantage. It's <laughs> like, wait, that so doesn't make sense because she's baby, she's supposed to be making you look good. Okay? If anything, she pull greatness out of you, but yeah, that's just one story, you know, and it's not my story, but I thought I should tell it uh, because, absolutely. because literally that is such a great example of what they do. Even doing this, I'm more and more, I'm always fascinated with what the dancer or the, the choreographer, what their story is and mm -hmm, who they mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. as artists. And the longer I've been doing the podcast, the more I'm like, because I used to ask more questions about which artists you've worked for and what that was like, and there's value to it. But I'm like, the artist is the dancer. It's like a bunch of unicorns. It's not, not just, yeah, it's not just... There's more than one artist yes. on stage. That's what, that's what we got to learn. There's yeah. more than one artist on stage, and there's actually multiple athletes that you have in, in your little band camp, mm -hmm. okay? So I think, yeah, it is very interesting to learn the value and the experience, but I want the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I want the dirt because I feel, and I'm, I'm not going to look at it like dirt. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at it as the scoop of what's really going on behind the lights, camera action that we're so used to seeing. When I grew up looking at dance artists dancing in support of other artists, like music artists mm -hmm. or Broadway artists, when I saw that, it inspired me on multiple levels, because obviously they're doing something that I love doing. But an another thing was the amount of lifestyle and culture that they that it brought. And, and really, if I'm zeroing in on one particular thing, it really isn't necessarily the music artist. That's one component of it, mm -hmm. but it was really what the likeness of the other dance artists that were part of that artist, what they brought to the table. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That the, the Britney Spears brand 
the Michael Jackson Dangerous brand, the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation brand, like these brands, it, it created um, a whole uh, human aesthetic. You know, I want to be in that club, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're looking at art these days with these artists and you cannot uh, not credit properly or address properly the the people behind that that create that aesthetic that's the problem and that's a problem what i've also found is that because there's a fear of not getting hired for the next job or burning bridges like i feel like i can't ask questions to get real answers a lot of the time about actually what is it like with certain artists are on tour because it's either an NDA has been signed right. or they don't want to burn a bridge or be known for like the one who overshared on a podcast. So I just stay away from it. Right, right. But when people share things, you know, in privacy, which I will never break that trust, I'm like, if people actually knew what this was like on the job for some of the jobs or, you know, what's being asked. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I think that in... In doing that, we have to start looking at these NDAs and mm. really starting to have the conversations with our agents about the type of NDAs we're willing to sign. Because that's really, bottom line, what you're saying right there, yeah, is respect through NDA or confidentiality. But there are jobs where they breach their contract by not paying me on time and the NDA was in mention as a clause with the rest of my contract agreement. Therefore, you breach the contract, you didn't pay me on time, I can talk. Mm -hmm. You breach the contract, you didn't respect me, you didn't include workers comp or something like that, I can, I can talk. Mm -hmm. And I still think though, often dancers are gonna be afraid to talk because they don't want to be unhirable. Yeah, and, and well, my, my thing is, yes, but where's the plan? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, what's the plan then? There has to be another door. There always has to be an alternative way of doing it where we can still face these situations with confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that in educating our dance community, that's part of building the confidence, but then being able to put ourselves in a space where we're standing on the shoulders of each other mm -hmm. enough to feel like, all right, like half the time, if I'm standing up for myself, I have to really consider, okay, self, like what if nobody agrees with me? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I feel like because we're so separated within the dance industry, you got, you got theatrical in one corner, you got the classical world in another corner, you've got, you know, the, the touring world, you've got the convention training world, the competition circuit, you've got the underground training world, you've got the underground freestyle club style, you know, in the club style type world. Then you've got, you know, the industrial, you've mm -hmm. got the stunt performers, you've got the pro athlete, you know, support, which is like in the cheerleading world, dance world. Then you got performance artists that do go-go or do burlesque or, they're all in different areas in their own little corners. And what I've noticed is they're focusing only on their corner and the information that is received for that corner. Mm -hmm. There is not a place, a, a central platform where I can get all things dance. 
And it, and if there is, it's not televised in the way that gives us the support of a shoulder to stand on. Mm -hmm. As soon as we have that, as soon as we have that opportunity in front of us where we can do that and come together. And I know there's a lot of different echoes going on right now, a lot of different community built projects that are happening, people that are doing podcasts, people that are, are sharing new language of how to achieve success mm -hmm. prior to the gig. There are even health resources that are coming out of the woodwork. Shout out Doctors for Dancers. Yep. I was about to do that. Oh, hey. But for real, for real, like there's a lot of people that are, are shaping it up. It's just like, how do we all combine all of that into one big mixing pot of sexiness that I guess can be presented to to people that relate to the dance world or are part, a part of the dance world, giving that, mm -hmm. celebrating that and uh, sharing that all in one place, you know? And I think that we're onto something, we're, we're headed there, um, but I think it's, it's my responsibility, our responsibility to be able to kind of make those connections, right? Mm -hmm. And without that, that's, that's why going back into the job scenario where speaking up is, is there's a scarcity for speaking up. Yep. It's, it's really because I'm not sure, even if my friend does not like what's happening here, if she's going to openly disagree with the production along with me, in agreement with me, mm -hmm. you know, because we're all going through different levels of situations we all have different attitudes towards how we book jobs and the way that we book jobs and what types of jobs we book. And I mean, that's the explanation behind it. Yeah. And the solution, obviously, like I was saying, is just like, we've, we've got to put dance on the map in a different way. And we have to change the mindset of the future dance artists that are building for this next generation. Because if we don't, then we're going to, end up going back into that cycle. I was sharing with somebody a few weeks ago just about like, I can't, I can't say it's completely equal, mm -hmm. but it's kind of equal, which is the hood. Like that, that oppressive cycle of being in the projects and being in the hood and how, and being in the system. Mm -hmm. Like you go to jail once, you're in the system forever mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i feel that my point my point saying is that we have this similar oppressive cycle where it's like okay you don't shut up once okay you may have burned that bridge that bridge echoes into other bridges and now all of a sudden you're not working a job anywhere anymore at any time right or you're blacklisted or canceled because of one mistake that you made but like the biggest one is with these different people that are trying to advance our system. They're missing that one little thing, like that one little thing of like capturing the youth, getting this information to the youth, the way that you get it to the youth and the way that you share your approach of thinking now that you have this experience in the field, it's not happening. So, we're, we're reaching the gate each time. We're reaching yeah. for the door each time. And then right before 
we we get to this destination, they've moved the the jump point. I like they've like moved the jump point or pushed it back because of the amount of information they didn't receive. What I found, what you found? is that all these dancers, people, including like myself, I just stuck around, but the common, you're bright eyed, bushy tailed, you go into this world, it's really exciting. You know like the probably the next level of people that hire you like one level up so the hot choreographers of the time you might not even be aware of the choreographers that are working the bigger jobs or you know artistic directors and creative directors and so you see like you have that one stratosphere and then i see so many dancers like they get um who knows what's happening to them also on these jobs they get disillusioned they don't get treated well it's not sustainable and then they leave town and then you have new dancers come in right so i feel right. like the life cycle has been so short that the dancers who are here for much longer end up being a minority and then it's like the information once somebody that they gets have. it mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and once somebody gets it and understands the importance they're burnt out and they're going back home just to make space for more new dancers and so nothing against the new dancers they literally don't know yeah but that's where i'm like that is really true and i never actually thought about it like that i didn't think about it as you know they leave and they they go home it's just I think about it as there's also a new batch of, you know, other artists that come on out, mm -hmm. you know, and those ones are ill-equipped and mm -hmm. they start from square zero and, you know, we're told the, with the way that we train that it's a, it's a um, who you know, it's a name game, mm -hmm. um, and a connection game, and it's a credit game, you know. Before there was social media, it was about what would what does my resume look like? How sexy is my resume? Mm -hmm. And I think within that language, because we emphasize that the most in the training stage mm -hmm. of somebody's amateur career mm -hmm. into their professional career, into that transition, they make a big stink about who you know type thing. So I guess the first mindset goal that most a majority of dance artists have at the forefront of their mind is I got to get on one of those big jobs. Yeah. Like with the with one of those big people and whoever that is, whoever that big artist is, if they aren't properly caring for that dance artist, you know, that goes under the radar mm -hmm. and it's overlooked and it's ignored and avoided because a majority of those people that might be booking the job don't even know what's what. And then the ones that the ones that do have that same mindset at hand. It's about the connection that's being made. It's about, you know, who that person is that you're working for. I don't care. I'm working for Beyonce. Right. Okay, but is she paying you Beyonce money? Because Beyonce money, like what 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 you should really be making is not a hundred dollars for a music video. We all know which did music it, video I'm did talking it get about. Better? Can I just say it? Or it was well, run like run, run, the, run world. the world. Run the world. That was yeah. a big deal. And if huge. anyone listening doesn't under, you know know what that was, it was just a bunch of dancers were hired as extras, and then they were taught choreography on the spot. On the spot, on and the then day. I think they were on in holding for some, something astronomical, like 20 hours. Hours, hours, hours long. And, and some of them 200. didn't even get to dance. Um, some of them didn't get a shot at all, you know? Yeah. Um, there, that's also like, you know, an issue. And, and I think it's also, there's a few things that are wrong with that, <laughs> that entire gig. That and, other gigs, and other gigs like it. it. And you would think that that was like, 
oh, maybe that was like a once in a blue moon thing or she wanted to, no, this has happened multiple times. Multiple, multiple times with multiple artists. there was people involved that there was like enough what the fuck <laughs> on it just in case. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was enough what the fuck that it seemed to like come to the surface. Right. Yeah. But somehow it got hidden. In the first place. It somehow it got hidden. Yeah. And some, well, somehow it got overlooked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because Beyonce is Beyonce. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just get her credit on the resume. It's so hard. And, and, and then they're the first ones, the same people that have the problems with it are the first ones to say, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful and, you know, uh, wish her, wishing her a happy birthday mm-hmm. and with the post of the, the actual video that you were in that she like basically shitted on you. Well, my friend, she stopped, she stopped like, dancing. Like, yo, bro. I have a friend, she stopped dancing because of health problems and so she's like been out of it and has had time to like reflect on reflect. some of the shit. Yeah. And she was, and this is, I've done this a million times, the thank you, bless, da, da, da. But she was like, dancers are always doing that. I am so grateful for the opportunity. Like, they yeah. should be grateful to have us also. They're, shit. Yeah, but they should, we can be grateful. We can be grateful and respected yes. in the same, at the same time. That's the thing. That Like, that's the only thing that we're missing is the fact that we can be grateful we can i can be very grateful to what god has put in front of me mm-hmm. very grateful for that but god put it in front of me <laughs> you're forgetting god gave me that opportunity it was not beyonce it was god and, <laughs> like, and outside of that you know i deserve my respect yeah i deserve like there's even there's choreographers that talk about you know being an athlete Mm -hmm. you know you're an athlete if you think that you're an athlete and you then you must think that we're athletes how do athletes get treated how do professional athletes get treated well let me tell you this like if you're in the nba or the nhl there's a certain amount of time that you train for a day and there's a certain salary that you have per week and there's a certain salary you have during season when you're on the game and there's infrastructure of are you benched or, or are you playing and you getting playing hours you active there's health benefits so if you looking at us as athletes bro throw me my coin leave my exposure <laughs> throw me my coin I'm getting playing time. That's it. Really. I, I just don't think I just don't think that we approach it in that way because we're not taught that way. We're taught from a young age that what we do is a very expensive hobby. Mm. Not a craft. And what what do you feel can be the difference? Because I'm very interested. You started dancing professionally early. You've been out here working since you were a teenager. So you've seen so much and you've seen exactly what like this working generation and a little bit above go through. And Mm -hmm. I've seen also people advocate and get maybe like burnt out from it. So what I got I get burnt out from it at times what revives you and keeps you going when you feel burnt out by this okay by this by this by the advocating for dancers the making um, the difference so we could get paid my what my personal strategy and plan is mm-hmm. to uh, help change that mm-hmm. um and to seeing seeing my talented friends do great things mm-hmm. that that is enough to wake wake me up again mm-hmm. because i know that there's something good around the corner and as long as we have that momentum as long as we got that big mo then then we are able to expand 
on the possibility in the future of what dance culture is, you know? So I would say that is what keeps, keeps me going. keeps me going. What do you feel is like a strategy around it, picking up where other generations have left off? So That's strategy, a lot of <laughs> strategy, just from me being at from a young age, the way that I grew up in the industry is through the dance studio mm -hmm. and training for conventions and competitions and stuff like that. I think we gotta start there in the way that it is perceived. The education. Um, the education behind it, the informational tools that you get on a convention weekend and a workshop weekend should far pass the physical body. So I, like... I, I, don't, I don't think that the conventions that we're going to right now are set up for the future of dance. They're set mm. up for a dated past way of doing things. And you know, half the conventions out there right now aren't factoring in entrepreneurship and influencership. They're not. They're not factoring it in in the uh, curriculum of what they're feeding these kids mm -hmm. or, or they're not taking it serious enough. It, it becomes the Friday night activity mm. of, okay, it's not required. It should be a required. It yeah. should be required along with an audition. If you're gonna audition, you have to be a part of the entire weekend. Yeah, and my background is also with fitness and I'm just, my like big gripe from what I've heard is body care and train, cross training with dance. Yeah, it's, it's very important be, because here's the thing, it's like the reason why your parent looks at it as a hobby and says you need to become a doctor or a lawyer is because they don't think that dance can be a sustainable job. Right, right. now it is not, but if we taught the way that we trained dance artists, the way that we trained dance teachers and dance educators, how to give this information to kids, not just the physical portion of training your body, but also how to take care of your body, how to give yourself a work evaluation pr prior mm. to going into a job. You need to know this stuff as an athlete. You know, what are my limits? Most dance artists don't know that until they get on a job and they injure themselves. Then now we have limits and boundaries. And sometimes it's not even, I, I don't wanna get this wrong, but I remember, um, like interviewing Karmit Bahar and she's talking about pussycat dolls and she was talking about and I, I don't say I, mm -hmm. nothing against her mm -hmm. this is exactly how dancers are and she's extraordinary she had like a bad I don't remember if it was like a broken ankle a badass injury oh and yeah she just kept on dancing because that's what you do I have five injuries that I dance on fuck what are they okay <laughs> so I have my knee right Eek. um I have problems with my knee okay. my ankle I have a chronic fracture in oh my, my God. on my ankle so like I I can re-inflame mm -hmm. you know anytime I have turf toe in both of my toes which I got when I was younger mm -hmm. so that can flare up while I'm doing a job and then my back I have a bulging disc in my back mm -hmm. uh, if you look at my back and my my back MRI that I got it looks like I swallowed a rat Oh and you God. can actually feel it as you go down my spine. And then recently I injured myself on the last gig I was on with my shoulder. The supraspinatus or whatever, it's strained in three different places. And then we're trying to figure out if it's connected to my cervical spine, which is my neck, which is my neck. But yeah, like to be equipped, I need to be equipped, not just physically. I need to be equipped emotionally, yeah. know how to deal with my mental health before and after a job, even during the audition cycle, how to take care of myself, how to live 
period. Because most of these dance artists that are growing up training as amateurs, they don't know what real life is like until they get, until they get on their own because they're so consumed with dance because it's an everyday thing. It's a sport. We live like Olympians. Like we really live like Olympic athletes. Like when we're training, we live like I that. I have like five questions from here to unpack some of this. Okay. What do you do right now for body care from your injuries? And sorry to hear about it. I just like, we're not talking about our injuries often. So what do you yeah. do? What have they taught you so far? Well, in terms of what I've taught myself mm -hmm. is like what my body needs or doesn't need, like stretching, like stretching has to be an everyday thing for me now. They don't really teach stretch health, you know, <laughs> in, in the convention circuit. That's mm -hmm. another thing that I feel should be in there of like how to proportion your body for stretching, for stamina, for endurance, like all of these skills that are necessary to survive the job and thrive in it, mm -hmm. you know? Even breath work. Why, why don't we have breath work class in learning how to breathe with our movement? We don't have that. But my studio, my dance teacher, thank God for Denise Wall, because I was able to learn that through her. She taught wow. me this method called like uh, six gears, right? And she, she gave an analogy of like your body being like a car and for an actual number, you know, how to perform and measure out the gears at, with as a breathing technique from yeah. first gear to, to sixth gear, which sixth gear, there is no sixth gear, but learning that that sixth gear is that like over, over, over height. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My height is this. my body, so I literally just get stuck <laughs> in the air. It's when you do this <laughs> with your body. <laughs> but um, but yeah, she she was very good at teaching us breath technique, was good with teaching us stretch technique. She was good with giving us life lesson. But mm. the thing is, it's not curated in the convention world. And it's not curated even with the underground training world where you're seeing people travel across the world and teach classes. They're just teaching physical choreography. They're not teaching the care for their body or the way they know their body. They couldn't even tell you. So yeah, sometimes they don't know. What I feel is, you know, lacks, lacks support, you know. So I have this assumption, right? This idea of okay. like, you walk into an audition, you've probably always felt really comfortable and all this stuff. And you just brought up mental health during, before, mm -hmm. after an audition. Mm -hmm. Can you mm -hmm. tell me more about that? Okay, so truth, <laughs> truth serum. Here's a little truth serum. You here's think little, this is self oh, Here's sorry. a little fun fact. I've yeah. only been, um, I can only count the number of auditions I've done um, on, my, on my hands. Okay, wow. So I haven't been to as many auditions. I believe I've been to eight total Dope. In, in my life. Dope. <laughs> in my professional career mm -hmm. life, not counting like convention audition. So I couldn't really give you the map for how to approach it <laughs> and how to feel your way through it. What I can say is there is tremendous anxiety and stress around auditioning. And I was always taught to believe that it's free class. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And to really receive it as that, as much as you can. But there is always this little, you know, voice, and insecure voice that creeps in in the background. And 
you know, is making you feel a certain way about yourself that day and comparing yourself to other people and feeling forced to compare yourself to other people by typecasting or just the things that you're wearing, you chose the wrong outfit today, you're cut, you know, like things, things like that. I do feel that it, it's not even just about auditioning that we really need to look at in terms of the before, during and after for mental health. It really is also taking a look at how we were trained and how we were trained to, sh to shut up, how we, we were bullied and oppressed to be quiet on set, um, that we, we should not make a sound, we should not ruffle any feathers, we should not talk to anybody, we don't look the, the artist in the eye. Like, very interesting, bizarre and awkward stuff like that even to the point of getting into the abuse, emotional abuse that we've endured growing up as amateur dance artists and aspiring to become professionals. The way we're told, if you can't step up and do it, there's somebody else in the room that can. And so having that mindset, think about it. Like when you think about it as a child, you're like, oh, okay, then that means I, I, I wanna be the best in the room. Mm -hmm. What that ends up translating to for our psyche is, okay, then that means I also need to be a makeup artist if they need me to. I also need to be a hairstylist if they need me to. I need to be a wardrobe stylist. Oh, they need me to be a runner. They need me to be a promoter. They need me, need me to be an influencer. They need me to be an advocator. They need me to be a representative. They need, like, all of these things where we feel pressured by our subconscious to mold into these things. And that's why we learn all these different skills yeah. because we're told if I can't do it, then there's somebody else right next to me will mm -hmm. be able to do it, you know? And that's where we, that gets tripped up in the mental health sub subconscious that gets lost. And then, and then we assume it is my job to do my own makeup before I arrive to set. So they think it's normal when somebody says, please arrive camera ready. That's not normal. That's crazy. Even like, so with lashes and what they mean for me when I put it on my own body, like it looks fierce, everything. I love this. So this is completely separate what I'm about to say. I have so much shit around like all those auditions. And I was thinking also, you know, the guys aren't having to do this. That's a whole other thing. But just putting on the lashes, like all the things that lashes have done, I sweat a lot. The lashes falling off, getting in my eye, all for the audition. Getting stuck Oh, for in the my audition. Hair. For the audition. Well, for the audition, here's the thing. If you're going to a go see as a model, as an actor, mm -hmm. you want to look exactly the, the, the way the part right. is, right. has been made for you to look in that breakdown you are playing dress up you right. are playing character so in the audition language totally understand that yeah but when you're booked for a job as a dance artist and you're being asked to come camera ready that is not your job and if what if i was mentally disabled mm -hmm. what if i was i mean physically disabled mm -hmm. what if what if i didn't have a hand what if i've never done makeup before then i'm i'm forced to not look at my best because you didn't have the budget for me. I don't put on, I'm, I'm just saying like, you I know? don't put on lashes anymore because I've all of the times that I did it mm -hmm. and stabbed myself in the eye and I like, and everyone can have their own relationship. I don't make you feel self-conscious, like I feel self-conscious, uh, but I just realized I have so much shit. I get self-conscious around, around, around uh, eyelashes. 
I'm self-conscious about my eyelashes right I'm now. I'm self-conscious. Oh, they look amazing, and I don't mean no. <laughs> I don't mean sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel no, self-conscious. No, 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 okay. no. I really no. It's okay. It's really not that okay. Much. You're so sweet. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> that was a hug <laughs> moment, you guys. But all that. Yeah. Say, no. Like, no. I'm. I'm saying in the oh. sense of. Even, even insecure or not, you know, good at it or not, this is not my job. This is not so in my skill set. It's not in my skill set. That is just one example of very many things that we are taught when we're younger that translate to uh, an oppressive state of mind I when we're in our professional Go deeper into exploring world. being on set. And so how do you speak up when on set? Because I, I did a, a, a women's panel, women's panel like three or four years ago, uh -huh. maybe three years ago, right before the pandemic. Powerhouse boss ladies, amazing. When the question came up around navigating things on set, I think the consensus, if I'm misquoting, you can get on me, but to the listener, but I think the consensus was, how to work a way around the egos and maybe don't ah, say anything. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I can answer this question. I can give you a short answer for that question, which is you got to know who's on set. The thing is, there's there's an ignorance sometimes from dance artists because of the be quiet mantra that we're taught, of mm -hmm. like not speak to anybody unless you're spoken to. That I ignore that rule completely. Mm -hmm. I. It is my job, my responsibility as the actor, somebody behind camera, I mean on camera, uh, to learn who is behind the camera. Mm. It is my job. That, mm. is, that is my number one job. When I get on a set, I'm shaking hands or dapping elbows because of the pandemic. Fucking pandemic. <laughs> I am rubbing elbows and learning names. Mm. That is the first 10 to 15 minutes on set is rubbing elbows, learning names. Who's doing what? Why are you here? <laughs> Who sent you here? Who sent you? My name you? is Taja, nice to meet you. Who, Who sent, sent you, you? here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then after doing that, if something goes kaput, if something's wrong, hey, brother man over there, PA, that thinks I'm cute, okay, <laughs> Jeffrey, all right, now, Jeffrey, we got a problem, Jeff, all right? We ain't got no waters over here. We're mm -hmm. athletes. We need water. We're also humans. We're humans. <laughs> We're humans. We need water. Who would have thought? And, that, and it's really just that simple conversation. Everybody wants to feel appreciated. Everybody wants to be addressed by their first name, not you over there. Snap my fingers. Come here. And, and, and perceiving just the idea of give respect to get it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's just living by that, or the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. Like, I want to be treated with respect, so I need to be able to give that respect out. People need to know that I am receptive to hearing them or sharing with them. And again, it's like, this is what I love to do. It's an experience that mm -hmm. I'm having a human experience that I'm having with other people that I'm collaborating with and I'm gonna be on the docket with. You know, I wanna share in that with them and enjoy my time and make some memories with people. I may never see them again. I may never remember what I said, but they're gonna remember and I'm gonna remember how we felt yes. about each other in that space. What's a green mistake that you made early on and can you share that? Great mistake. I make mistakes every day. What? So now I'm like, okay, 
You could maybe do like a green one and a recent one even. Like, let's make it real. Mm, my mistake was having too much tequila last night. Was it a mistake uh, or was it, it a was, strong it choice? It was a blessing. It was a blessing and a curse. Uh, but no, 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 no. Okay, so. We should meet Lisa. Tasha should meet Lisa and Manuel. Okay, cool. I'm going to be serious now because this is a serious interview. Wait, is it a serious interview? This is a serious interview. It's a real interview. It's a really serious interview. Okay, like my mistake. Mistake. I think. I think. Tequila shots. I think my, I think my greenest mistake, I would have to say, is any time I was ill-equipped and I decided to do something because of the money. Can I ask for an example? Yeah, teaching when I might have not been ready to mm. teach at that time. And, you know, I did it because I needed to pay bills. Mm. And so I went. It, it was more so because I was al always... a. I think I was a pretty good teacher, even in my younger years, because I knew how to educate and I'm licensed to educate. Ooh, um, wait, what? Yeah, uh, I am, I am, can be officially a dance teacher through Dance Masters of America. Oh, awesome. Um, I was officiated when I was like 14. Oh my gosh. So I, I, I am actually registered and licensed through Dance Masters America to teach dance. That's amazing. I can't educate people. Didn't even know um, that that was a thing because the conversation a lot of the time is how it's teaching It's not a thing anymore. It's not a thing anymore, oh. but it should be. That's the thing. It's like, you, and, and, and the issue that we're having right now is there's a lot of teachers out there that should not be teaching. They're not ready to teach. They're ready to tell somebody how to do a piece of choreography and play Simon Says with them but they don't know how to birth a dance artist or to take a dance artist to the next level or to even be able to speak life into them. It's just motivational speaking is mm -hmm. part of teaching dance to me. Like, you know, being able to reach that, that kid in the room and pull greatness out of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It has to go beyond that just learning a combo. And people just teach combo classes and there's no infrastructure introduced right now. So people can just go around and say, I'm a teacher and start teaching class. But, the, but, but that's because our lack of economic infrastructure mm -hmm. within the, the dance world and dance system, the caste system, and the amount of respect. The, the highest level of financial aspiration for a dance artist is to become a dance teacher. Yeah, I, I think some people are ill-equipped to teach and feel like they must mm -hmm. because of the lack of opportunities that we have in the dance world. And if there are opportunities given, we're not treated fairly or treated well or financially stabilized or sustained within these jobs. Like, honestly, like if you are doing a really, really great job for a week or two weeks, like you're coming out of it with like 2K. Before taxes? And, and, and that's, that's before, before taxes. taxes. And in L.A., because of inflation, that's not like that's barely enough to cover your rent mm -hmm. if it's covering your rent and you're not bunking with six other individuals. Mm -hmm. And and my thing is, that's why my thing is, let's let's take care of that. Let's take care of that. Let's work our way around, you know, some of these topics by giving more opportunity and better treatment inside that opportunity 
not just with the health, not just with, you know, the consideration, mm -hmm. respect, addressing, not just with tagging, not just with the contract and the agreement and the obvious protocols of working any business environment is making sure that you have the respect of knowing exactly what you're going to do before you do the job and then each day going into work with an agenda of what needs to be completed. We don't even have that kind of respect. How do we work around it? I know I'm asking you like huge daunting questions, not to take away from your intelligence at all, but these are questions that have been like thrown around forever. Yeah. So the whole thing that, well, dancers, they get the, at the bottom in terms of payment, bottom of the totem pole and jobs in that respect. But the thing is that dancers keep on taking the low paying jobs, so companies keep on hiring. And But the thing is, so how do we it's get because that? low paying jobs, at least they're jobs. Right, right, right. And, so, and that's the issue. So it it's like it. it perpetuates the cycle because there's nothing to stand on. It, who's really going to say no if I cannot pay my rent? And if you if you don't right. even want to address me by my name, you want to put a mask on me, but you're offering me five hundred dollars and that's what I need to pay my rent. I'm probably going to take that job and be de degraded. I've done so many low paying dance jobs. So like I completely it's just like a check. I'm dancing. I'm getting paid to dance. Yay. Until it's not yay anymore. And it's part of the problem. And so we know why it perpetuates because the dancer needs money so they say yes to the job so the company that's hiring dancers is they're not upping what the pay is so do you have a vision for like what can change that vicious cycle that we've been in for so long yeah it's the people that get in the higher seats mm -hmm. the people that now have higher reach and engagement in their platforms the the twitches and the allisons of the world the Debbie Allens of the world, the Fatimas of the world, the, the Parises of the world, those people that have those platforms have an incredible opportunity with their platforms. Mm -hmm. And they have an opportunity to speak out. They have an opportunity to run things differently because they have power. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel oftentimes the people that make it out of the dance industry have been disre disrespected for so long that they actually end up turning their back on the industry. Mm -hmm. itself mm -hmm. like they forget about their roots Jenny from the block does not remember the block <laughs> she, does not. she doesn't pay dancers well she she forgot how to use GPS <laughs> like, <laughs> babe she's Jenny on the island now. Jenny on where where did I come from I was, like, talking, about, where, I was talking about JLo I'm earlier, really talking like, about JLo I'm really sure. talking about JLo I have no problem talking about JLo I I do love her music, right? And I really appreciated her singing her rendition of This Land Is My Land. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh, don't record that. <laughs> do we need to take that out? No, no, I don't care, I don't care, that's why. I just don't care, I just don't care. <laughs> but for me, in all seriousness, a lot of people see this external side of her of wanting to empower other women right, right. wanting to do like you know the speech for pocs or you know people of color and ethnicity and diversity respect and putting latinas on the map and all of this stuff and being somebody that came from our dance industry directly got her big break Bye from girls. dancing yes you know it really disappointed me to work with her and mm. and, and feel like I am not respected as the athlete that I am. What was the experience, if I may ask? Because like that's not the thing a good we, one. We don't, 
And the experience I don't, I'm not trying to was, be like, here's some trouble. The experience was not a good one. <laughs> was it like experience. the pay was crap or just the way you were talked to or all of the above? Keep, Keep on going. going. How you were talked to, what you were wearing, safety. Wow. <laughs> it was like you were on the job. <laughs> and then what do you think of when people are like, well, it's not the celebrity themselves. It's really the team. It's not Beyonce. We were bullied. We were bullied. You were bullied by Jayla. Baby, we were bullied. We were bullied like big, that's big awful. niche bullying. Like, yo, like, that's some like. I'm laughing out of discomfort for the fact that she did that. Professional but, level bullying. What the fuck? Professional level bullying, what I does believe. That look like? uh, because, you know, what it looks like, what the devil looks like, what, what people. I'm not saying this. <laughs> that could have been so bad. I think I say things like What all the, the time. devil looks like is Jew. <laughs> No, that it doesn't look like JLo. But what I'm saying t- to you Let's find that, like, is what if in terms of the theme, in terms of the theme, where I was going with that was what the devil looks like is cunning and mm. you know sexy and clever mm. and you know um, enticing and you're enamored, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like what she has done a good job of is convincing her fans and convincing you know the world around her that she is mother, you know what I mean? Mother. And she is somebody that gives that respect. She does not, mm. you know? She doesn't see it in, in that way. Mm-hmm. There were actually, it's, and it's the small things. It's the us not receiving our contracts on time. Mm. You, can't, you can't tell me that somebody of the stature of J-Lo, now I might believe this for somebody like Tanache, but, and, and really it's no excuse for Tanache either, but maybe uh, an artist that's not as established as her, uh, I would maybe believe that, you know, they have no say in the labels controlling all of these things. She is in control of her ship. Mm-hmm. She is in control of her ship. She knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't, that's more ignorant because if Janet could know what's going on in her camp and how her dance artists are being treated, everybody can. That is one of the, that was one of the hardest working individuals in, in, in the industry at, mm-hmm. at a point, you know? And uh, for me, like being on a job as big as the Super Bowl and not getting the Super Bowl money when it is a million billion almost billion dollar industry is in the nfl so is it that the artists i forget that like the singers don't get paid or so the artists have if they want to say the the only week there's like the week of of Mm. the event of the sporting event that's happening that gets taken care of through the administration Mm -hmm. the super bowl administration outside of that then the camp individually has a budget for the actual performance, right? And usually, I I don't know if this was the case, Um, I can't recall if this was the case, I think I knew at that time, but you actually go to the Super Bowl administration asking for a specific budget, right? I think what happened was because it was being shared, you know, Shakira was sharing with uh, was it Shakira? Yeah, it was Shakira sharing with uh, with J Lo. They split what would have been, 
you know, Shakira budget and what well, would have been one solid budget. They split it into two. Some of it went to Shakira, some of it went to JLo, and then they paid for the week up, but everything else came out of pocket. And so basically we had a skeleton crew prior to the actual presumed start of mm-hmm. rehearsals, which would have been at the top of January, right? We actually rehearsed in December for an extra two and a half, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So we were there. I was, I was living in Miami for two months, you know, almost. And while we that were there. That sounds fly. Was that fly? Living in Miami for two months? No. Because no? you weren't getting paid. No. Mm-hmm. And I was working 10 hour days. That's crazy. 10 hour days, not eight hour days. That, that was something I was trying to fight on. Eight and we couldn't get a contract. We got our contract two days before the actual that's show. That's so stressful. The How actual are show. when that's happening? Or? Here's the thing. We had some things that were provided like, okay, Here's how it was set up, because there's just there were so and many. And things are breaking this down. No, there also. were so many issues wrong, you know, and down to the point where some of the bullying tactic, I'm not gonna lie, came from the choreographers, and and I'm not really talking about Paris. I'm talking about nappy tabs, you know. It came from them and the production manager, bullying us into saying, you know, if you want to go, go. You know, and and then we just replace you, and, and literally giving giving us that sort of language and saying these these sort of things are very hurtful, mm. very hurtful, and that needs to stop. Like choreographers need to stop doing that. It's a norm. Yeah, I'm not replaceable. Mm. You're replaceable, easily replaceable. I'm not. I am Taj Riley. Okay, and I am an amazing athlete and I am an amazing artist and an amazing actress and an amazing model and promoter and supporter and visual likeness that creates content for you because you can't do it yourself. Mm -hmm. I am not replaceable and my talent and is, you know, something in, in relationship with other people's talent that is sharing the job with me. We all have individual strengths Mm -hmm. and individual themes to support who we are as a likeness. And those should be appreciated and respected. And the, the most disrespectful thing a choreographer can say to me is I'm easily replaceable. So that's where they went wrong there. That Mm -hmm. made me really, really upset, especially to hear it from somebody that I, I really, really loved. Like, I really loved growing up. Like, choreography team, I really loved growing up. You know, and to and to feel like we're being put in that corner, that cornered position where, you know, line us up, we have to have a talk about the way things are going and, you know, the hours and stuff like that. And for it to be a problem that you're going to bump up my rate, which isn't good in general, what I'm getting paid weekly. And I also feel the people that, that for me to work the singing job as Natalie Romero, somebody that's been there for years and years and years, and for her to get the same check as me is spitting in her face. Mm. I, 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 in some of the jobs that I, I was on, you know, outside of Super Bowl, right? Like outside of the Super Bowl issue, there were some jobs where I was like, yo, like, should I really be getting the same check as Peanut? Or should I really be getting the same check as Ed Moore? bro 
or like not saying that I'm just using it as an example, right, not right, saying right. that this happened, but there have been cases where it's happened. And there have been many cases where it's been part of other tour camps, other jobs with other artists. Um, skeleton crew not getting bump ups to be able to do a job the size of Savage and Fenty and be getting the same check as the people that I don't know caught COVID during the job and were given put up into a hotel and for me to make the same rehearsal rate as them mm -hmm. what 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 for me to do skeleton crew a couple weeks for a couple weeks and then go into a job on day to day and be paid the same the same check as everybody else that did the job when I was part of the choreography process or the small like the the process in the beginning that that's that that those are the things that I'm saying I'm not saying that it's all it's not the, it's not the choreographer's fault it's the production mm -hmm. it's the way the production is being ran you see us as athletes, the things that we need as athletes, they, they should be there. Why is my friend bringing her roller to rehearsal? Her foam <laughs> roller? She, yeah, mm -hmm. small things like that. Mm -hmm. They should be, it should be there mm. already. There's like, even as you're saying this, I haven't even thought about so many of those things because the standard isn't even there. And there's no standard. There's no standard. There's no standard. Like, why am I working a 10 hour day for 250? You know what that breaks down to? Un unacceptable yeah. unacceptable that's unacceptable 250 before taxes correct 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 and and to you know i could go on and on but like going back into super bowl that was uh it was extremely distasteful mm -hmm. so learning some of the things i learned as a part of that camp and how scared and in fear mm -hmm. a lot of the dance artists were um to even ask for a raise or ask for a higher rate um, people that I, I, I truly respect um, and I appreciate and they deserve the, the financial bump. Mm -hmm. um, being feel, Feeling like they're in a position where they're being gaslit or putting, being put in a pressured position where they feel like they have to take a vote, um, where the representative for us is not present when the agent is halfway across the country and can't really protect or doesn't really attempt to protect in that way, the fact that they allowed us to travel across country without having our contracts executed and looked at That's... is a huge problem for me. Oh, and that is the agency's fault. Mm. Those were the, that was the agency on that. And then to not be able to resolve the situation properly without involving us of a take a vote like what ended up happening is every time we did give that language to the agency, then somehow it echoes to production and it echoes to the choreographer. And now all of a sudden we're sitting in a little circle, you know, having a talk mm -hmm. about how things are gonna go and, do, and, and putting people on the spot of, so if you, if you guys really wanna leave, the time would be to speak up now. And, and fr that is so, so not right. That's not right. And not I've, right. I, I mean, not I'm not okay. surprised that you're sharing. I'm, I appreciate that you're sharing it. I'm not surprised that that's happening because that's the general attitude. And I, I remember I have a friend who transitioned into acting, did really well about it. 
And he talked about like he goes into a dance job, I think direct booked or so, or like did not just was wanted for the job. Mm-hmm. The dancers were sitting around major artists doing nothing. Then they sit and have a talk with the dancers about how you're all replaceable. And he was like, this is bullshit. I'm not. No, thank you. I'm not doing this job. Anymore. No. And you don't hear about that often because it's just, you know, like booked and blessed to be with this artist. So mm-hmm. in terms of weaponry, it's not to punch down on these people. It's to say, do better, mm. do better. I'm not trying to cancel your culture. You guys, you're doing what you're doing, but just now, now you know better, you can do better. You definitely yeah. can. And if I'm voicing to you, I did not like the experience that I had at the Super Bowl. Take that, understand that. There are positive parts that happened during the Super Bowl. My friends, working with my friends, yeah. being grateful for that opportunity to get on a stage that size and perform that big for a ton of people, loved that experience. I loved the fact that, you know, it, it, it put another belt notch up there for, you know, Paris, you know, to be able to accomplish something as big as that, you know, mm-hmm. and to be in a position where she can put her friends on. I, I love all of these things, right? right? I loved even the creation process. That was one of the first times uh, I got to see a from scratch process from her. Um, th- there's been multiple, but like, I, I, I think this one was very, very special. And to be able to share those types of experiences with my friends, I am happy and I am grateful for. But with all due respect, there was a lot of disrespect that was going on behind the scenes and with the production. And, you know, we're still in a space where we still haven't come to an agreement two years later for, for you know, the behind the scenes. So, like, none of that, that all just got leaked out instead of actually officially put out and being a part of a J-Lo documentary because oh. it, got, it got sneaked in to our contract last minute and we're like, bro, what? 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 Like to to not have that being mentioned and then having your, you know, whole team going around collecting this footage for us and, you know, there are there was also a positive experience with because of her amount of power or amount of um I guess engagement on the scene and relevance on the scene, Vital Proteins actually blessed us with a ton of product, which was really, 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 really amazing. But we could have utilized that a bit more, um, and we could have we could have had more opportunities come from just even Vital Proteins. We could have gotten Vital Proteins to bless us with a little bit more marketing, you know. It could have been that, like JLo just... could have asked for that, and then we do a couple of posts, and then we get a higher rate for the day. Like, th- there's just, I feel like for me, there was just so, whenever I look back on some of these experiences, I feel like I'm like punching myself mm. and and punching like this wall, this barricade of like, yo, there's just so many different ways that it could have gone respectfully yeah and it didn't and it's just what you're asking for is reasonable that's the thing that you're just asking for like a baseline something normal so that you can live and take good care oh of yeah because and, and really i just base it now like when i'm working jobs i base it now off of okay well how would you treat kobe will kobe be sitting on the floor on set 
Would you make Kobe change his clothes into a last-minute attire that he's uncomfortable with and then make him play the game to the best of his abilities? Mm -hmm. You would not do that. Mm -mm. No. Does Kobe have to do his own makeup? No. <laughs> I mean, like, Kobe. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, yo, like, I'm looking at, some of these people I'm looking at, Natalie Bepko is, you know, for me, like, she's a Russ, Russell Westbrook. She is on fire. She mm -hmm. is, she is that, you know? Mm -hmm. She is NBA to me, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I look at people like Deanna Matos. I'm like, that's a Simone Biles of dance. She's, like, knocking it out of the park. Mm -hmm. So why are you treating Simone Biles of dance like that? Why are you treating the Serena Williams of dance like that? Woo! Mm -hmm. You have so much savvy. Like, who are your teachers? Who do you look to to learn from? God. Yeah? Yes. The number, does... That's the number one. <laughs> the most high. And what does, that, like, what does that mean when you say that? Is it that you're praying and you receive messages? You're like, what does... I'm a very really? spiritual person. W really quick fact, quick fun fact is I was in a cult. A religious religious cult. May I ask which got, cult? Um, it wouldn't be something that you know. It's very okay. small. Called in God's image. If you want to know the, the I name read in Dance it. Spirit that article. I thought it was gonna be like a cute fluffy article, and it was like it was real, an, and it had a not voice cute, to it. Cute fluffy. Had it teeth was. And it claws. was. Like, I fucking loved it. I almost want to like have that be. I fucking loved it. I'm like nobody's ever being this real. This is some real ass life, and it's in Dance Spirit magazine. Let's go. Let's go. There's hope for the future. <laughs> Let's go. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. That was the fun. That was the fun quick fact, but when I reclaimed, you know, my faith after getting out of that, I wanted to claim it in a different way mm -hmm. and have a different approach and really understand the concepts behind the Bible or church going and really get down to why, why we were taught certain ways and placed in certain environments growing up. Like I always try and compare it to when you're watching the same movie that you may have seen when you were a child, and now all of a sudden it's this new movie, you know, because mm -hmm. of the way that you understand it. I think that this has also taught me a lot about the dance world. Through the knowledge I learned, there was, there was some pertinent knowledge I learned through the cult. And so when I resurfaced and reclaimed, I wanted to go deeper for myself. Mm -hmm. and uh, really understand what that was for me and get those answers not being tethered or pressured or manipulated by some, some people, you know, that are saying that they're hearing from God. I want to, I want to hear from God. Now I want to hear it. And so, you know, like when you're growing up, you're, you're being taught about God's perspective through your parents and being told, go here, do this, go to church, be at church, be present and all this stuff. And then, you know, it, it becomes a burnout. I call it churchianity. It's mm. like this churchianity burnout because of the way that we're being told to, to sow in to God. You know what I mean? Because we're being raised that way of like, go in the way of the Lord, but there's no explanation behind it and there's no affection behind it. There's no intimacy that I'm sharing. And when I fellowship with my, my family, you know, it, outside of the fact that they're sitting beside me in the pew. And mm -hmm. so now, like, just fast forward, you know, growing up now and continuing to be a student, just really confronting some of those concepts and then finding that, wow, God is my father. That is my father. That is my teacher. That is my counselor. And he's, he wants me to be successful because I'm, 
I'm a direct image of him. I was created in his image and likeness, which means I should be successful like him. I should be a creator like him. I should be this like him, you know? Like if you're, if you have a company, if, you, if you're, I feel like a, a, a pastor has used this analogy of like Apple. It's like a very huge company. And when Apple gives you a product, they give you the product and inside that box, you've, you get this manual, right? That I don't read. That you don't, don't read. read right? But inside this manual, it talks about the liability and the insurance and all of that stuff. And I'm saying this to say that, okay, that, that manual for us really might be the Bible for mm -hmm. us. And a lot of us don't read it. But if we were to read it, to be able to understand all the concepts that happen in the world, you can receive that information there. And you can hold that company to its insurance and liability statements. And in that way, it helped me understand that's how I can utilize my father in heaven. You know, he is, he's the creator. So if there is something wrong with the factory product, you know what I mean? He, he is liable to fix it. He will fix it. You know, if it's by the book manual, if there's something that malfunctions with the product, he is going to make sure it gets fixed. And it's going to be all on him. And so if you're abiding by, as long as you're abiding by the manual of how to use the product, you're good. But once you go outside of that and you're dipping it in the water and you're doing all this stuff and throwing it around and stuff like that, that malfunctioning that's happening isn't because of the product. It's because of what you're doing, how you're utilizing the product. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying these learnings have helped me understand my counsel to lead me. I do nothing without contacting my father. I do nothing without that. I do nothing without consulting with him and making sure that it's good. Or I attempt that. That's how I try and live my life now. So for number one, it's always going to go back to my creator. Mm -hmm. And he leads me and shows me who my teachers are here, you know, and my connections are here. And in terms of like other mentors, I, I definitely... Most of the mentors that I have, I do not know personally. What do you mean? Okay, so yeah, who are they? Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> I Oprah. Feel like Oprah has so Oprah's many. a very big one. Gary Zukov is another big one. Byron Katie is another big one. Um, who else would I think of? I have some friends that say some very profound things. Mm -hmm. They don't always live a very profound life. Um, but, but they do say some profound things and I always accredit that to like God, just like speaking through you and stuff. And I think that's pretty powerful. A lot of mentors that I've had in my life that I did know, I found out later made so many mistakes mm. and did not align a lot with, uh, with the values that I have right now. So I debunked them. Well, what do you debunk like? them as my mentors and I replace them with music <laughs> so yeah I mean like I guess you know we have we have Oprah we have God and we have music those are my mentors I love it I love it rapid fire fire rapid fire rapid fire rapid fire yeah. questions yes yes let's go you ready yeah I'm ready okay, you ready okay. I'm Ready now. Okay, very good, but not a moment ago. I was not a moment That's ago. That's the first rapid fire now. question. Were you ready a Are moment ago? Are you ready? Ago? And the second one is, are you? Okay. I'm ready now. Okay, very good. Now. 
favorite movie? Favorite movie, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2, watching it together back to back. Woo! Favorite guilty pleasure? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dancing in the shower. Oh, yes. so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> I wonder if this is going to be one for you because you're so you have such a confidence around this. But like any trends you followed in terms of fashion that now you're just like, what was I doing? I don't know. To uh, to be yeah. honest, to be honest with you, I always thought I was pretty fly. I love it. <laughs> but did you ever look back? <laughs> ever look back like, and say, oh wow? I only do that about like my hair. Okay. My hair. What's one that you're like, oh. My hair, when I started to dread my own hair, mm -hmm. lock my own hair with no knowledge of how to lock my own hair. Just in it very badly. I have had a period of time where it was like some sort of faux hockey thing. Mm -hmm. And it was pre-braid because a lot of people like knew me for this signature braid that I used to whip around. but prior to the braid, it was like something that you would, you would see Pepe Le Pew sport. Okay. 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 And it was giving Pepe Le Pew vibes. Yeah. But now that I think about it. You like it? You I'm like it? Hey, into that it. was pretty fly. Yeah, I'm into it. I like where I am now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn how to do makeup better and stopped using my finger. What do you mean? Actually, lies. I still oh, use my finger. For makeup? Yeah, still do it. Okay. okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I you feel safe it. enough to share, yeah. share that on the sofa. <laughs> I still do it. Who's the first person you're calling for advice? Sheesh. I mean, outside of God? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, first person, first person, first person, first person. Deja, my, mm. my older sister. Uh, I, I, actually, that is a tie. Deja and Bobby, they both win. They both win because they both say when you, really, really great things. You were singing in a group together. Yes, I performed years ago. Yes, at a club night. I, I used to go oh to all the Oh my god! Things. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be that. That's my fashion. That that would be the fashion. <laughs> the moment that I don't want to go back to oh. right there. I don't know what we were thinking, but. We made some good music. We yes. made some good music together. Um, but yeah, like the chemistry and the synergy that I have with both my younger and my older sister, oh, it is unmatched. Unmatched. We have the trifecta is unmatched. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say I would go to both of them about advice. I go to Bobby about uh, boy advice mainly, relationship advice mainly. And I go to my sister, my older sister, Deja, about business advice. Mm. Um, sometimes about, like, relationship advice. Sometimes about, like, family, internal affairs mm -hmm. <laughs> and HR. <laughs> Keeping my hands to myself. Um, she is on it. She's on and it. I love oh, she's such a, oh, she's amazing. Yeah. She's a superhero. Yeah. Like, both of them are superheroes, man. What's a question you get asked a lot, maybe too often? Can I touch your hair? Really? People still do that? It wasn't... I mean, <laughs> yes. Okay. It is still very visible. Okay. I, would, <laughs> I um, you know what? The question that I've been getting a lot lately has been about my shoes, where I've been getting my shoes. Where have you been getting your shoes? And United Nude, I've been an ambassador for this company called United Nude. They believe in shoe architectural design. Uh, super fabulous people out uh, originally overseas, Europe, 
made their way here, started building their, their space and their engagement here, and then asked me to do a campaign for them last year in which I became one of their main ambassadors. And this year, we, in the scoop of things, we are working on um, putting out a shoe together. Yay! And the shoe happens to be on my foot, uh, the colorway. Of, I think it's out of frame. So shall we give a little shoot? There we go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Show the shoes. I mean, I Show still, the shoes. I still Show vote the that the whole interview just should have been like this. So I'm like, so Taja, what's your favorite color? And you're like, well. <laughs> and it's actually, um, it is actually a model that they had created already called the Lucid Molten High. And they're doing their, um, if everything moves forward appropriately, then we will successfully do a name change and introduce a new colorway and add um, some embellishment to the shoes that are personal I can't talk about right now. Um, but when the shoe comes out, it will be interesting to see how everybody responds to it. What's a question that not enough people ask you or that you don't get asked often enough? Can I pray for you? Mm. I would really like. I would really like more people to ask me that mm -hmm. instead of how are you? Because I feel like it's like such an autopilot response. I would rather somebody walk up and be like, hey, can I pray for you? <laughs> and to that I would say, yes. That's yes, beautiful. you can. What would you like to pray? Any, uh, pray for. Anything that you wish I would have asked you in this interview? Oh, uh, no. Um, no. I, I, I think that this interview was such a great experience. Thanks. I'm really, really happy to be touching on some of these topics that a lot of people are scared to talk about and approaching them hopefully <laughs> with like no fear. Mm. Uh, some fear, <laughs> some healthy fear. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, I think it's really important to be sharing this no matter how uncomfortable. I think if any question was unasked, mm -hmm. and it would most likely be like, what would you be telling these kids now? Or what can you share with these kids now? And, and I, I, think we, I think we're at a space where I would like to just say like, I'm not expecting you to do anything mm. that you're not expecting of yourself. I don't want you to perceive yourself in any way that you feel uncomfortable. So if you don't see greatness for yourself, don't don't be great. Then <laughs> don't don't like you don't have don't, to walk. You don't path. have to walk that mm -hmm. path. You do not have to do that. You do not have to feel bullied because because we have been bullied our whole entire life. Mm -hmm. The last thing I will want is to make people, my people, my community feel like I'm bullying them into change mm -hmm. or bullying them into approaching or confronting these subjects. What I can say is I can make a suggestion, a healthy suggestion. You know, if you don't know, reach out and ask. If you get a funny feeling inside about something, go see support system, you know, always counsel upward, you know, ask upward, you know, ask somebody that's further along than you, mm -hmm. has more experience and how do you find these people? You have, you have to identify that within your research, like you have to. It has to be something that you make your priority mm -hmm. is to be to to never sit down at a table that you can't get get up and walk away from. You that know, that is deep. 
It's that really hard to do. It's very hard to do. But, but you have to know who's at that table first. What cards are they holding? What do they want from you? Yeah, I feel like one of the most um, empowering things I've had is willing to walk away from things and realize it's not my opportunity if it doesn't feel right. Everything's not my opportunity. Even if they're saying you're, offer, you're being offered this job, if it does not sit right with me, not my opportunity. Or really, it's everything is your opportunity. Ooh. Which is about, you know, Ooh. what kind, you Ooh. know? And what do you want to be remembered for? It's 200 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> my cool dance moves. That's what I would like to be remembered yeah. for. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think honestly, uh, outside of that is uh, what I was able to do with my gift beyond the obvious mm -hmm. to, to, to really uh, crack down on it because I've been processing it. It's really not the gift that I have. It's uh, what kind of connections I make with the gift that I have, what kind of impact my voice can carry beyond my gift. My gift is the door, you know what I mean? And then like people are opening that door. But when they get behind what's behind that door into that room, what, what, what is it filled with, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that that's just the way that I look at my craft, my profession, is that these are all gateways. These are all doors. Like music is a gateway. Mm -hmm. Dance is a gateway, you know? Modeling is a gateway. It's a gateway to the connection of mm -hmm. the person or the soul that is the vessel or the portal, you know, and they, they can utilize that in any way they want. And, you know, don't abuse it. Like, don't abuse that power, you know. Oh, yeah. this is beautiful. There's going to be a question I'm going to ask you after we wrap. It's going to okay. be exclusive to our YouTube channel. Hi. Yes. Yes. Uh, we love it. <laughs> What was that? You said shot. You did Britney, yeah. right? Did you just do Britney right now? I don't know what happened. I think you did I'm a Slave for You. <gasps> I think you were like, you're like, uh, 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 or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't just know. feel like I my saw Britney out of the corner of my eye and like, yo, free Britney. Free Britney. I haven't gotten the latest on. Free, free Willie. Free Willie. Free Britney. Free school lunch. Free people. Free people. I want to thank you. <laughs> that's the note. That's some real shit. Thank you for, <laughs> that's the crowd hype. Crowd hype. Um, thank you for taking the time, the energy, the passion, the heart, everything yeah. that you're doing for dancers. How can people support, follow you, any upcoming projects to keep an eye on? Um, you can follow my IG, but honestly, I would just love for you to start supporting more community built things. There's mm -hmm. a couple things that are going on, so I'll just plug them. Please. Try and plug them very quickly. Couple companies that you can take virtually uh, or in person if you're in those areas. Uh, the Shea program um, held by Shea Tukalin, um out of Europe, out of Amsterdam, the Netherlands specifically. And he is one of the most brilliant movers I've ever come across in my life. So I do believe that there's good training in there. Deanna Matos, who started Modus, uh, the company. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe there's great training and great education and she's really investing in the right things. And um, I do believe CLI uh, mm -hmm. Conservatory. I think what Teddy Florence is doing is really incredible. Uh, I really appreciate that. Velocity Dance Convention and Adrenaline just brought Doctors for Dancers Woo! on board um, to be able to teach kids about injury prevention. I think that's really awesome. I think dance uh, 
teachers as well as moms and dads of dance artists should be investing in the conventions that are going to not just give information for the physical body, but also for the mental, the emotional, and spiritual body. This is, I've originally connected with them as a personal trainer that I specialize with conditioning for dancers, yeah. shameless plug. Yeah. But then I also host, a lot, they have a lot of free online and some are paid, but online resources and panels and stuff. So I've been hosting them and there, I just sit there and I learn and I get to connect with the health professionals that work with dancers yeah, and, and they're, understand and their bodies. They're brilliant. And, and the more we can pass that around, uh, the better. Amy Gardner, a friend of mine um, out of Canada, she started this thing called Dance Haifa, um, which is an app that helps booking dance uh, much easier nice. um, for casting directors uh, and for the dance artists themselves to be able to market themselves and navigate through the app and update their videos, their reels, their credits and all that stuff. So definitely start paying attention to what Dance Haifa is doing. Dance Church, super amazing brand um, that was started by Kate Wallish. Uh, she... Um, She's out of, she was out of New York originally, lives here now, um, but has this incredible brand called Dance Church where, you know, dance artists that just really want to release, feel free, not be pressured into taking the, the, the regular class model mm -hmm. and just kind of really connecting with other dance artists in the room, very similar to Gaga technique and how Gaga class is done. Um, she's doing that right now and she is a powerhouse and has an amazing staff of other dance artists individuals that she's paying and they nice. and and they are on salary and they are getting benefits and things like that and i think that's really awesome that she's doing that and really starting to utilize this platform as an incubator for other dance you know projects that she she wants to help fund and encourage and empower you know the staff that she has so definitely checking out dance church supporting plugging into that if you can and then there's just some really, really amazing collectives that have formed Dance Artists National Collective, Dance Equity Association. Those were the two. Um, and then Dancers Network uh, out of UK is trying to fight for better rights as well and is always trying to be on the up and up. So I just really appreciate them. And yeah, I mean, like there are some really, really amazing forces that are doing individual things with their platforms. Allison Stoner is another really big one. Mo Movement Genius is what she started okay. and it's for mental health. Mm. Um, and it's really being able to give the body the exercises, whether you're a dance artist or a non-dancer, to be able to understand movement from a healing uh, and therapeutic place and method. Yeah, those would be like, all of the plugs, oh. there's probably more, but like those are like the main ones that have my full concentration and focus right now that I would like to share with people so that they can did know we, where to go. Did we say, thank you, and did we say also your Instagram? Because even just looking down on it, for me, it's like a refresher, it's a raw. Oh, yeah, uh, my IG is at my name, at Taja Riley, T-A-J-A-R-I-L-E-Y. And this is my main social media channel because that is really all my emotional bandwidth can handle. Um, I respect that and relate yeah. to that. And I need time to be like present in the to in the mix. Life we need time to like hype the, the crowd. Hype the crowd. So yeah, so that's where you can find me. And there are definitely some amazing stuff, some amazing things that are that are up my invisible sleeves thank you so yay yeah
Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Dance Speak Podcast. My own is at Gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. I'm so excited that Taja's speaking up and for all those who are taking a stand, just really excited to be a part of it. This is important. Be sure to share this with your friends, your family, your studio. Sharing is caring. Make sure also to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can rate and review this. Check out our visuals on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. We have some exciting clips coming up. And if you would like to make a donation, we are on Venmo as well as PayPal. You can just send money to dancepeakpodcast at gmail.com. If you're unsure how to do it and would like us to send you a link also, you can just contact us, dancepeakpodcast at gmail.com, so we can continue investing in this podcast and getting amazing guests. Anywho, in the meantime, we have over 150 episodes to follow up and listen with, and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much.